Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Trevi Trev. Listen, I know I come on with the infomercial to start us off, but I told you last episode, I wanted to give some shout outs to several different folks, several different countries. Let me get my statistics up because you guys, let's see, I wanted to shout out because this is special to us. In the U.S., we've got 213, 213 downloads within the month of November, and we are approaching the end. Thinking a day or two, I can't remember. I'm halfway tired. Anyways, uh, Norway, um, who has who downloaded a lot. Germany, Canada, the UK. Uh, let me see if I can get my my list up a little bit better. South Africa, Ireland, India, Puerto Rico, Spain. I think I know who it is in Puerto Rico too. Spain, <laughs> Japan, the Netherlands, uh, and the list goes on and on. Um, but we don't say or let me say i don't say this to gloat but rather just to just say thank you for your downloads and thank you for being a part of the truth we told jose 46 podcast family um all of our guests that we've had on that have shared this podcast uh, even my guest on today um who his previous episode as a matter of fact is skyrocketing through the roof with downloads so uh god bless him and 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 him sharing our podcast on his platform. We do not ask anybody to do that um, at all. If you want to, you can, if not, it's okay. Um, but we just want to thank you guys for all that you've done, but listen, hang tight. Cause I promised you that we're going to get into this pagan Christmas, if you would. So stay tuned and we're coming right back with you. told you we back we talking about something something uh quite interesting if you would if um you know if you, i'm pretty sure some of you've been on social media and pretty much all you've probably been on social media recently and, and the argument started i probably started seeing arguments around september maybe kind of august ish where we started seeing constantine on horizon on the horizon about these pagan holidays so if you're not in the u.s we just celebrated uh, our Thanksgiving uh, this past Thursday, and the date evades my head because I do not have a calendar in front of me. Um, I'm just going to give you all the exact date for the U.S., which would be 11-24, November the 24th, right? So that's that's our Thanksgiving in, the, in America. And so we started hearing a lot of the pagan stuff. Would Jesus eat turkey? Would Jesus celebrate Thanksgiving? And all of these arguments about Constantine changed everything. And now we're here in December or approaching December. Um, I'm pretty sure Black Friday, a lot of people set up at Christmas trees. Some people, we started, my wife and I, we started way before because we went out and bought a lot of Christmas decorations and we got into the spirit early. So uh, you know, at home was ridiculous, which is a popular decorating store here at home, whatever. Uh, you know, that line was crazy. All the Santa clauses or the Satan clauses, which some people would say, uh, you know, I've got some Santa clauses in my <laughs> Santa clauses and Christmas tree candy canes. I mean, my house is we are Christmas out. 
and uh, we do it just for our girls and for the memories that we had as children. And uh, we want to pass it on to our daughters. And so um, we also want to pass the history, the correct history of Christmas and why we celebrate Christmas. But we also want to talk about some stuff about Christmas being pagan and Constantine changed everything. So today's episode is titled Constantine versus Christmas. And I promised you uh, he will be back or he promised us Mr. Rob Soberg. What's up? Hey, man. How are you? Glad to be back. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you. Glad to have you. As as you guys heard earlier, his episode really that the Christian or Christians rather keep the law is really blowing the uh, downloads up. So that's uh, that's a good thing. Glory to God for that. Um, hopefully it's generating some some conversation and even equipping uh, mm-hmm. some believers with, you know, apologetic defense for somebody that, um, you know, may they may get ready to come across in the holidays on you know, why do we celebrate these pagan days and not the required festivals, if you would? But anyways, I do not want to belabor the time. We want to be respectful of time and we want to get right into it. So, Mr. Solberg, is Christmas pagan? We'll start. Uh, OK, I'm a theologian, so I'm usually pretty wordy, but I'll just answer that. Oh, no, please take saying, your time. George, no, you help there, yourself. my answer. <laughs> no, it's not pagan. <laughs> No, obviously it gets it gets pretty complex. Uh, right. And I, I hear this all the time, just like you, my my social, you know, news feeds are blowing up with that. Um, and what's here's what's interesting to me is that the the anti Christmas pagan position isn't just the atheists. You expect the atheists to kind of make fun of it. But even in the you know, the the group we talked about last time, the Hebrew roots, what I call the, the Torahism, that kind of theology mm-hmm. that really wants to follow the law, they're also jumping on that same bandwagon and, and calling Christmas a pagan holiday and saying we shouldn't Christians should not celebrate Christmas. They right. they actually kind of give two reasons. One being that it's a pagan holiday. The other reason they give um is that it's man-made and it wasn't uh it wasn't ordained or mandated in the bible by god so therefore mm. we should not celebrate it so that's kind of their two the two uh arguments they give but man yeah that that pagan thing is just and easter does they do the same thing right um the but easter really and I, yeah right and, and so i um in, in digging into that I, i've got a i've got a couple videos on my channel about that and um when it comes down to the bottom line what what anyone who's making that claim, what they're doing is actually making sort of superficial um, social custom comparisons Mm -hmm. between pagan winter celebrations and Christmas, but there's really no theological or religious um, comparison between the two. They're actually almost diametrically opposed. Correct. Okay. Um, So I want to kind of talk about Constantine a little bit. Okay. We all know everybody's familiar with the Council of Nicaea and blah, blah, blah. That man, that's when they chose the books and that's when they did. It's like, it's the common. I'm like, what do you understand? A lot of them, and I'm not trying to, you know, downplay anybody's knowledge, but I'm just like, you know, Constantine really wanted to what I've looked, I'm not a church historian, but it seemed as though he wanted to and what, um, um, shoot, I forgot his name. Um, Lutzer, Lutzer is his last name. What's his first name? Uh, Erwin Lutzer. He points out in his book, The Doctrines That Divide, was that Constantine was looking to unite his empire. Mm -hmm. And that it was like pretty much divided over was 
Christ always existence uh, or how are we interpreting Christ's existence? Was he always was or was he created? Time a little mix of Arianism and, and Constantine knew that a, a strong empire was to have both religion and politics on the same page. So what was what how did we end up getting the 25th? Did even did the early Christians care about the birth of Christ? Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, so, so what, hopefully that th- makes sense. I know that was a big yeah, mumbo jumbo, no, but no, no, not at all. Man. I, follow, <laughs> I followed you. Um, yeah. So th- there's a few things to mention. I mean, n- the Council of Nicaea and Constantine are really kind of the boogeyman that everyone wants to point to for everything. Right. Uh, but if you actually in my second book, which is called Divergence, um, I did I have a whole section on on the Council of Nicaea and Constantine and really trying to take a balanced look because he did some he did some things that I don't agree with that mm-hmm. that I wish he wouldn't have done. He said some things I wish he wouldn't have said, but he's not the arch villain that I think he's often made out to be. And more importantly, that council didn't decide many of the things people think it decided. Right. Mm-hmm. They, that's not the council where they they just made the final decision about the canon of the Bible. And like you said, the, the point of that was the first really ecumenical, you know, universal um, council of the church. Uh, and the whole reason Constantine uh, held it, convened it was because of Arianism, which was causing all this problem. Uh, in terms of, uh, like you said, who Christ is, you know, and and it was a heresy that they that there was such an uproar about in his empire that he said, "Look, guys, we all need to get in the same room and, and work this out." Right. So that was the primary focus of it. Uh, from all the historical documents I've read, Christmas wasn't even discussed at the Council mm-hmm. of Nicaea. So, you know, Constantine versus Christmas is a little bit of a specious comparison. Um, but so what we've got in terms of the historical roots of Christmas is we know that, and I don't know the exact date when it, you know, officially sort of was condoned, um, as the feast of the nativity, which is Mm -hmm. what it was originally called, but Christmas has been celebrated for, yeah, going way back into the early church. Um, it's not a, a lot of folks I've heard say that it's something that came out in the uh, late middle ages. And as the, as you know, as the church morphed from small little groups uh, that were, you know, during the uh, first three centuries of the, of the um, church, it was an illegal religion until Constantine and the, and the edict of Milan and 311 right. and all that kind of turned it into, oh, now it's not illegal anymore. And then it kind of even went swung the other way, the pendulum. And suddenly now it was sort of the endorsed religion of the Roman empire somewhere along the way uh, you can, it depends on how you want to count it, but the what we know today is the Roman Catholic Church emerged, right? And so mm-hmm. that church officially sort of um, adopted the Feast of the Nativity. And and the the thought is, um, and there's there's conflicting historical reports, uh, so no one quite knows exactly. But Pope Julius the first is is typically who's thought of as the first pope to say, look, let's put this feast of the nativity what we don't know the bible doesn't give us a date for his birth right. but we've got all these winter pagan festivals going on around the end of december mm-hmm. so actually they were really based around december 21st you know the winter solstice so um the thought is this is kind of one of the traditions or theories about how it began is that pope julius said well you know what if we put our feast of the nativity during the pagan festivals there's a much higher chance that they're going to begin to adopt our festival mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll kind of pull people out of pagan worship and we will commandeer that holiday 
for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of I don't know, that, that's the one I like. <laughs> yeah. um, there, you know, there's a few other different versions of how it co- came about and when it came about, but essentially, the the point I think that matters to our discussion about the roots of of Christmas is the fact that Christmas was intended to be from the very beginning a celebration, a commemoration of the birth of Christ. Right. It wasn't it wasn't a winter solstice that over time morphed into a celebration of Jesus. From mm-hmm. the very beginning, it was called the Feast of the Nativity, and it was the remembrance of the birth of the Savior. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 a decided, I mean, that's a really if you if you tease out what that means, that's a pretty mm-hmm. poignant, uh, pretty profound difference. Yeah, uh, in, in what people claim about pagan Christmas mm-hmm. versus uh, what the real roots are, what the real motivation was historically. Right. Even um, I mean, you can I hear some people would say and I've heard that. But the latter kind of like the middle half of of what you were saying was, well, they just adopted or they included these you know, later on are these pagan traditions around what would be December 21st that winter solstice. So as, as a missionary effort and thus Roman Catholicism is pagan or Christianity is pagan and argue yep. from that point. Right. Um, we discussed, I remember in seminary, we discussed a little bit about when Christ was born and this uh, David Allen black, and I forget who else writes the co-author of his book, but they point back to March. Um, yeah. And then I heard Dr. Michael Heiser make a case, and it's from a book, um, The Origins of the Liturgical Year, was the church particularly, the early church particularly, did not care about, and I don't want to say that in a means of downgrading the birth of Christ, because it is important, but they were trying to pinpoint the resurrection, so to speak. Have you heard that? And so I, that's how I've they come up. Heiser, no, okay. Yeah, I've heard it kind of briefly. He talk, he mentions the book Origins of the Liturgical Year. And then that's when they get into the difference between the Orthodox celebration of January 20 or January 6th. Yeah. And the Western Church. OK, you, interesting. You, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about why there's different. And still, I think to this day, I think they're kind of I thought I seen some uh, an article come out recently where they're trying to. um the patriarch of Greece, and I forget the exact title, so forgive me, um, or the metropolitan of Greece, patriarch of metropolitan of Greece, that area, uh, or Constantinople might be, and the Pope are trying to work something out to where they celebrate the same day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think that goes back to the differences between the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar. Okay. So there's some differences there. There's also... Um, the Orthodox Church also celebrates Easter on a different day. So right. there are some the some um, choices on when to celebrate it, but both do celebrate it. And, and, and the actual celebrations are a bit different, obviously. The Orthodox Church is a little bit more high church. Right. Um, but yeah, so so I, I think that's just a simple calendar. I'm pretty sure the Orthodox Church even still follows uh, annually the, the Julian calendar. I'm not positive on that. But yeah, that's my understanding of why that's a different date. Okay. Um, but what's kind of interesting, though, is when you have, well, so like, uh, I agree with you that it's probably, or whichever scholar you mentioned, that it's probably was a spring birth, right? It okay. probably wasn't December 25th. And so right. 
you know, when we get into these discussions, what I always want to do with, you know, and typically for me, I'm, I'm discussing this with Hebrew roots folks, mm-hmm. um, but I want to be very um, sober minded and admit things that I, you know, that are true. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know every answer. And so I, I want to be, um, gr- you know, give them some grace. And so, yeah, okay, I, I will be readily admit that December probably wasn't when Jesus was born. We don't actually right. know. There's lots of clues in the Bible, specifically the shepherds and such, but um, that that would lead me. That's kind of my personal. It's not, I'm not, you know, it's not going to be dogmatic about it, but I I do believe it was probably in the spring. Yeah. But the, the point is, for me, is that um, they chose a date, which couldn't, you cannot call it the wrong date because we don't know the right date. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't command a certain date on which it's celebrated. So yes, it probably more than likely wasn't the day he was born, but it's not the wrong day to celebrate the birth of Christ We because we weren't given a different date. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, and this goes a little bit to what I was mentioning before. There's kind of two arguments against it. The the easy one to me to engage with is the, is the first idea that they're saying, well, it's a man-made holiday, Christmas is, so mm-hmm. we aren't supposed to celebrate man-made holidays. And, and again, here's where we can kind of, you know, we have to admit the parts that are true, and it's true, it's a man-made holiday. Right. The Bible records the story of Christmas, right. but it doesn't, it, there's no mandate that we celebrate it or remember it. Um, mm. But is that wrong? That's the question. And so, especially in the Hebrew roots world, um, you've got a, a, a whole belief system that says you can only celebrate the seven feasts given in the Torah that we read about in, in Leviticus 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's ironic about that to me is that that rule that we can only celebrate those seven feasts is a man-made rule. It's not in mm-hmm. it's not in scripture anywhere. So they right. made that up and now they're mad that we're not <laughs> following along with that. But here's the even more important p- point about that. Jesus celebrated a man-made holiday that wasn't mandated in the Bible. And that's the the what was called the feast of dedication. dedication. Yeah. yeah, which was a winter feast by the way. And uh-huh. you read, it's in John 10 yeah. Uh, verses 22 and 23, where he talks, where it talks about him being in Jerusalem mm-hmm. at the temple for the feast of dedication, walking through the Solomon's colonnade and all this stuff. So when we see Jesus do something like that, and and looking back at what so so the feast of uh, the feast of dedication is of course what we call today Hanukkah same yeah. same thing right and it's and it's the commemoration after the uh, Maccabean revolt revolt mm-hmm. right so they so the 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 Jewish rebels defeated uh, the Seleucid army and, and took back the temple and and re, it, because it was de, it was def, defamed by Antiochus right he he slaughtered a pig on the on the altar mm-hmm. totally defiling the temple so they took it back they they ceremonially ritually cleansed it and then there was a rededication of the temple now this happened about eh, about 200 years before Christ so by the time Jesus was around that we we're not really told anywhere I've not seen any literature that talks about how that em- emerged but at some point along the way in those 200 years it started being a thing Mm-hmm. Uh, that that all the Jews celebrated, including Jesus. And so right. I think the key point there is what the Jews were celebrating, which is a very, very Old Testament Tanakh way of doing things, is they're remembering what God did for them, right? right. right. And so this is man-made, but it's God-honoring. And mm. so I think that's the pattern that I see when I look at that and I say, yeah. okay, what about Christmas? Well, yeah. it's man-made, but it's God-honoring. Now, yeah, I'm going to do a big asterisk though, if you don't mind, because oh, help yourself. I need to I need to split apart, or we need to we need to uh, acknowledge a distinction between secular Christmas and Christian Christmas. Yes, please, please. Yeah, because uh, 
So I'm arguing for Christian Christmas. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is those who go into the season and go into the specific holiday, mm-hmm. uh, worshiping Jesus and talking about, you know, we're hearing the Christmas story, the, the, the nativity narrative, mm-hmm. we're reading from, from scripture we're singing hymns to the God of Israel, the God of the universe. We're, we're uh, you know what I mean? We're, we're, the gospel's being shared. This oh, is yeah. a Christian version of Christmas. Oh, yeah. Now, we can get, we'll get into this a little bit, but it can include a t- Christmas tree. You want to put up a tree? That's great. Mm-hmm. Because what we worship is what we put our hearts and minds on, right? It, right, right. Now, if you walk, if you get home from work and you bow down before the tree and worship it, then knock it off. That's wrong, okay? <laughs> but if that's a if that's a cultural decoration and your stockings yeah. over the fireplace or whatever, yeah. Um, if that's a cultural decoration that you use as a Christian when you're going into this season where you're thinking about, you know, it's Advent and all that. Mm-hmm. So, I think that is the that is the correct. Um, way to celebrate Christmas. Now there is a t- completely secularized, commercialized version of Christmas where it's all peace on earth and you know joy to men, but we don't talk right, about right. baby Jesus or any it, of that right, stuff. Right. Yeah. So I would make a distinction there, but um, I, I don't want to keep talking. But that kind of leads us into the pagan connection. No, um, that's and that, that I think that's a good blame because you hear, at least I hear. I don't want to put anything in anybody's mouth. The argument on both sides of the house because you have christians that still honor christmas but they don't want to have anything to do with the christmas tree and mm-hmm. then they'll point back to jeremiah I forget the passage jeremiah where you're oh, talking yeah. about you know what i'm saying yep uh, you know about, I was, uh chopping down a tree and carving right. it and then yeah. ornamenting it with silver and gold absolutely that is yeah. the number one text that they're using and i'm like okay one did jeremiah have any knowledge of you know, the types of trees that are being used, Christmas trees, etc. Who is right. the audience? I mean, you learn, you know, some of this they don't, you know, understand as far as with exegeting or, you know, trying to look at a passage in his context. Okay, what was Jeremiah talking about? Um, what, what is the origins of Christmas trees? Oh, well, Christmas trees may have a pagan origin. I'm not sure. Uh, I know I know they were used. Well, so in the early, here's what's interesting is that in the early years of the Feast of the Nativity, right. one of the things that they would do is, is cut off a branch from an evergreen tree because mm-hmm. the idea, the evergreen, meaning it's always green, the idea there is it sort of represented eternal life. And mm-hmm. by bringing a branch from that tree into your house, it was like inviting the eternal one Jesus into your house or into your life. So that's kind of where it came from. Now there's all kinds of different things. And and here's here again, we have to admit what's true. What's true is that pagans do worship Christmas trees, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I think this is where we get lost. And and I think maybe your, maybe your, um, your uh, mention of Jeremiah and, and the carving of the idols and stuff, it's kind of, it's very appropriate to what we're talking about here, because if you don't read that very closely, you, and you're already convinced that Christmas is pagan, you're going to see a Christmas tree in that verse. But if you stop, because I mean, when you brought that up, the first thing I thought was, man, holy out of context, Batman. That's horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. It says they carve the tree into idols. So do we carve Christmas trees into idols? No, no, I'm not Uh, skewed. You know, decorated. Yeah. So (laughs) same thing that is the same thing that Isaiah says, I think in what is Isaiah 44, I think where he talks about, he's making fun of people who do that, right? He's saying, look, from the same tree, 
You're going to chop up that tree. Some of that wood you're going to burn for cooking your food and staying warm, mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. but the wood from that exact same tree, the other the rest of the wood you're going to carve into an idol and you're going to bow down and worship a piece of wood. Right. You know, it has right. no it has no sight, it has no it can't hear anything, it has no understanding. So mm-hmm. there's this whole point that the Bible even recognizes that, and Paul talks about that too. The that idols are dumb objects; they're inanimate right. objects. They aren't exactly. right. They're not the living God. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, when you consider like what we do at Christmas with the tree, let's say, for example, that uh, the history of bringing a tree in the house and decorating it is one hundred percent pagan. Let's just say that. <clears throat> If I go and bring a tree in my house and decorate it, what is it that makes that a pagan ritual? Mm-hmm. Is it is it the physical presence of a tree in a house, or is it the actual decorations that I do? You know, because as Paul says, he and he's quoting from Psalm twenty four one, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Right. And Paul's quoting that verse in I think that's Romans fourteen where he quotes it, where he's basically saying, look, we can eat whatever we want. Yeah. Why? Because it's all God's. Right. Even the Christmas tree belongs to God. If I bring it in my house mm-hmm. and I decorate it up and I'm playing Christmas music that's that's worshiping and celebrating Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and that's where my heart and mind is, then, then I'm worshiping Jesus. I'm not worshiping the tree. The tree is a decoration, right? Right. Right. So it becomes the purpose. Yeah. And I think that's where we that's where um I don't I don't want to be, you know, mean about it, but people who aren't being um, thoughtful uh, and aren't really thinking things through are starting to just, they find these superficial similarities, like I mentioned before, and they go, wait a second, that's pagan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you end up with, with uh, like, look, look at it this way. So when they look at the, when they look at the pagan roots of Christmas, uh, the folks that think it is pagan and they start talking about, well, you know, um, it was, it was, celebrated on Saturnalia. That's usually, that's a common one that they'll talk about. Saturnalia right, yeah, being this yeah. big I was celebration. Ask about that. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and think about, so think about, again, we have to admit what's true. So during Saturnalia, what happened in Rome? So Romans would sing songs. They, mm-hmm. they would have feasts. All the businesses would shut down. They would socialize. They would give each other gifts, right? So you, all those things sure sound a lot like modern Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, so we do all those things during Christmas. So the idea or the argument goes, well, Saturnalia is the root of modern Christmas customs then, right? And so, you know, if we think about it, okay, okay well, does Christmas today include singing songs? Yeah. Giving each other gifts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shutting down businesses, sharing big meals, lighting candles, all those things. Of course it does, right? We, we have to admit that those things are true. But if we stop and go, well, hold on a second. What else includes those things? Don't we do all those same things at birthday parties? The mm. gifts and the singing and the lighting candle, right? Don't Absolutely. we do those things at at, at graduation parties and graduations. everything? Retirement parties, you know, bar mitzvahs, if lucky. anniversaries. Yes, <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, yeah, exactly. Yeah, at weddings at least you get it. Weddings, yeah, you right, right. Yeah. So when you so when you go, wait a second. Okay, now why aren't they telling us that birthday parties are pagan mm. or? graduation parties, right? So there are common social traditions um, that these things that all these things that I'm talking about are, we admit they're common social traditions, but they're not pagan rituals in and of themselves, right? So the similarities now between Saturnalia and Christmas are 
completely superficial. So mm-hmm. the question that we should be asking, and if I'm a guy out there thinking that Christmas is pagan, this is the question I want to look at. Yeah. What are what are the religious or theological similarities between Saturnalia and, and Christmas, right? Or, or let's even right. br- let's broaden it. Let's say what are the what are the the theological similarities between Christmas and winter solstice celebrations as a whole? Right. right? Do, right. do they share uh do they share any any commonalities where we can see that they're that they're related and, and the answer is no i mean i've done a deep dive on this and there really there are actually deep fundamental differences in the the nature and the purpose and, and all that uh between mm-hmm. between the two so i mean think about it the goal of a pagan celebration is to appease the gods right and, right, and so right. christmas has nothing to do with appeasing god right, right? And so if you think back to those winter solstice celebrations, these were agricultural in nature, right? Yeah. They, they were they were trying to appease the gods in the hope of getting a good harvest in the spring, yeah, these exactly. winters, right? So they're like, okay, we'll bring you stuff. We, we want to worship you. We want to, you know. Um, and so they were sort of agricultural in nature. And so mm-hmm. Christmas has nothing to do with agriculture. Right. And the pagan celebrations, again, they're they're based on the winter season. They're okay, today's the winter solstice. We got we got the new harvest season coming up. It's all seasonal based, right? Yeah. And so Christmas, yes, it's celebrated in winter, obviously. But the nature or purpose of Christmas isn't about the seasons, mm-hmm. right? It's not about winter into spring into summer and all that. Uh, in fact, like we just talked about, Jesus most likely wasn't even born in winter, right? Right, right. And so, and then here's another fundamental thing. The 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 pagan celebrations involve the worship of idols and pagan gods or nature or the weather, the kinds of things that pagans worship, right? Mm-hmm. Christmas, again, I'm defending the Christian version. Christmas involves the worship of the one true God of the Bible. Yes. So, so you have this really just fundamental difference. And so even when you're going into it, if I'm a pagan going into my winter solstice celebration, I'm future focused, right? Yeah. I'm I'm looking into the what's going on for next year, hoping for things. If I'm a Christian, which I am going into Christmas, it's past focused, right? Yeah. I'm commemorating and remembering this, this one-time historical event yeah. when the word became flesh. I mean, that is, yeah. like you said, that's a really... A uh, critical part. The incarnation is such oh, yeah. a critical part of our faith. He lord um, himself. Em- yeah, you know, dude, dude. Oh, exactly, exactly. And you, that's when the you thing read that, that in the me, Greek. Man. Well, I got a final. Pro- well, kind of like this kind of final project. But we're doing Philippians two five through eleven. Oh, and yeah, you know, I mean, that's a hymn that you can sing at Christmas. I mean, right? Well, uh, you know, I know that's early hymn, but if you want to read that at Christmas, because it's talking about how humble Christ was right. that he, you know, left that state where he was elevated with God or as God. And he, he left that to humble himself to serve, man. He didn't come to be served. He said, I didn't right. come to be, you know, to be served. I came to serve y'all. <laughs> yeah. Oh my was, gosh. That's astounding. Right. And you know, Paul says that he was obedient. The hymn says he was obedient to death of the cross. And I know there's a little bit of debate with that. The Greek, uh, you know, is it death to the cross or at the cross, blah, blah, blah. Right. But nonetheless, he died for you and I. And why cannot we celebrate our Lord and Savior coming into the world to die on our behalf? Right. 
Oh, exactly. It's either, it's either there's a crowd that gets hung up on. I'm not celebrating the 25th. I'm gonna celebrate it in September. I'm gonna celebrate it, in, and then there's a crowd of that wants to hang their hats on. Well, it's just all pagan, and you're ignoring the fact that you have some. You have this man who is both God and man, who yep. died for you and I. What? Wow. I mean, you even had these, you know, ever x amount of wise men that came and said, "Where is he who is he who was born king of the Jews?" Right. And lowered themselves to bring him gifts so sorry yeah, that's sorry for getting riled up but go ahead no no you're getting me riled up because that when you sit and camp out on that very fact yeah it starts to feel you know i start to think to myself it would feel wrong to me as a christian not to celebrate that not to commemorate mm. that because i mean you think about every the entire pattern established in the tanakh the, the hebrew bible it, you read the Psalms constantly. It's about remembering, right? Zakar. It's about right. It's about remembering the things that God did and knowing that He'll do things again. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about remembering what He did, which mm -hmm. is, dude, that is such a different. Like, think about the the diametrically opposed viewpoint from pagan winter solstice festivals, right? So they're oh, yeah. like. Oh, giving the God gifts, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, please meet our physical needs of the people, right? Yeah. Christmas focuses on the God of Israel, like you just said, having already met the spiritual needs of us. Mm -hmm. He came down to serve us. And, and so where the pagans are giving God gifts and making sacrifices to the gods, Christmas remembers that Yahweh, the one true living God, gave us a gift. Yes, he did. That's that's so anti-pagan, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. This idea that God came, lowered himself to serve us rather than us having to lower ourselves you know what I mean? Uh, or rather, or rather, of, God coming in flesh and having sex with a you know yeah. human, you know, <laughs> right? <positive. laughs> no, yeah, exactly, yeah. No, he came so, to serve. Right. I mean, so yeah. So if you stop and think about it like that, um, the Christian observance of Christmas is just it has no religious resemblance at all to pagan winter celebrations. They're they're two different animals, mm -hmm. you know. And so to 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 just throw out that that kind of um, willy nilly comment and just think that you've made some big statement if i just i wish people would think more critically about that so how do you approach when you see these type of conversations how do you approach them where where because sometimes people just it's just jumping right in or like attacking almost how yeah. do you go about having these type of conversations where somebody says man that's pagan why do you do that because i know some folks that are listening might coming to contact or might have already had these type of arguments, but it's still at the same time, we, you know, we have to be mindful of that. We're still salt. We want to still have our speech seasoned with salt. And, you know, Peter reminds us that we have to give an account for the reason of a hope with a sort of meekness and humbleness. Mm -hmm. How do you go yep. about, you know, having these type of conversations of, you know, uh, between, you know, Christmas, it's not, the 25th or, you know, why you guys celebrate on 25th when he wasn't born in what we know that, yeah, uh, you know, the Christmas tree and all that other jazz. How do you have those cyber conversations with folks? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and so part of it is what I just said. I'll admit the things that are true, even if they don't, if they seem to go against what I believe is the the final answer, you know, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Jesus wasn't born in the, in the winter and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I'll, I'll be prepared to admit those things because I'm not here to show off myself. I'm here to talk about the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is 
pretty messy oftentimes. <laughs> uh, right. oh, and yeah. so there, there are some, you know, it's not cut and dry, I guess is what I'm saying. And so typically what I'll do though, because so many people mean so many different things by certain words, like even pagan, what's the vision in their head? What do they think pagan pagans do? Right. So I'll start with questions. I mean, that's my, my kind of default approach as much as possible. That's a good question. Um, so I like to, ask, well, what do you mean, you know, what do you mean by pagan and and what parts of Christmas do you seem like a pagan ritual to you, you know, or tr try to pull them out into explaining themselves a little better so that I'm not just jumping on uh, what they're saying without understanding the sense in which they mean it. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the, uh, the questions to me are always the best way to start because it's about a conversation and a dialogue. And um, I guess I'm just learning <laughs> as I'm getting older that uh, some people just will not have their minds changed. So I'm not right. going into that conversation swinging for the fences and saying, I need to change their mind. Mm -hmm. My goal would be to get them thinking about things and ask them some questions that maybe reveal a weak spot in their thought, in their, uh, their theory or their position mm -hmm. um, where they don't quite know why they made the leap from, you know, the letter A to the letter F, you know, you start asking about how'd you get from here to there? Uh, and they're not quite sure. They just, honestly, a lot of times it's they're regurgitating stuff they've heard, um, mm. which we all do. I, right. I do the same Absolutely. thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you don't want to start from scratch and explain everything all the time from the beginning. Right, right. So sometimes you've got these. Yeah. So, and, and, and so I'm not saying that in a, in a mean way, but you know, if they are just sort of regurgitating what they've heard, it becomes pretty evident when you start asking questions. Yeah. Um, and then if I can, like, I, I always love this from Greg Kokel, if you've read his book tactics, uh, he always talks about just putting a stone in someone's shoe. So mm. it's, it's not about, not, you know, knocking their argument all the way to the ground, but you just, we chatted, we had a little dialogue. And when you left, there was something uncomfortable in, in the way you're walking. Now you have to kind of do something about it. Yeah. And because I, because, you know, I brought up a fact or, or something to think about. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and honestly, one of the reasons that I had to go and spend so much time doing some research, historical research and, um, you know, researching what do pagans believe? What is the whole idea of paganism? Right. Mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, for those who aren't quite aware what that means, it's uh, today when you talk about pagans today, what you're talking about is people who really worship the earth. They worship right. nature and creation yeah. rather than worshiping the one who created it all. Mm -hmm. um, and so. You know, they're the ones on on winter solstice who go out to Stonehenge and dress up as druids, yeah. and, you know, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. So um, when when you start to actually put facts to things like what did the pagans do and, and how did they celebrate and those sorts of things, I think things start to become evident. And so if if I see somebody when I'm talking to them and a light bulb kind of goes off. I try not to go in for the kill. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just kind of leave it there and just let them think about it and ask questions. And some people will just get mad and, and leave. Um, or, or want to change the subject. And I, I try not to push too hard on that. Um, and then other folks will sit there and think for a while and the conversation kind of takes a different tone. Um, but I really believe, I mean, like I said, all, everything on earth is God's right. Yeah. Psalm 24, one and, and all, and that includes the truth, that all truth is God's truth. Mm -hmm. So if anything's true, it's of God. Mm -hmm. you no. Know? And so even pagans have some true beliefs. They believe the sun rises in the East and whatever. I mean, you right, know, right. even atheists believe things like murder's wrong. Right. So all those right, things right. are true things. So yeah, that's my goal is to connect where that person is with the truth of scripture. 
yeah. as best I can. I mean, far from perfect at doing that. Yeah, that's um, that's good. I, I, I some I have some friends I'll joke around with and and act like you know, like a legalist, if you would, uh, man, why did you, uh, why do you eat pork? Uh, you pork chop eating preacher. And, you know, we'll just, we'll do stuff like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, one of them, he asked me in response, I said, you, you know, you guys are getting ready to celebrate those pagan days. And he, he said, how do you define pagan? What is a pagan? And I had to stop acting. I had to think for myself, okay, how do you, how would they define pagan? Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of good. I, I share with, uh, with our co-host Jamal, is one thing I, you know, you know, when you go off to school and you start to, you know, get degrees, whatever, you become a little hothead and you always looking to argue. <laughs> but one thing I started to do was back away from that and just learn to ask questions. I said the reason for that is because one, it keeps me calm, because when you start to read a lot and do a lot of research, you're looking to intellectually throw up. Yeah. And sometimes it can come off as, you know, rambling on, you know, but in order for me, I, I try to you know, model like a lawyer would be would ask questions and, you know, well, they have to ask questions and sort of try to get you to admit. But yeah. Like and if, said, and if you have someone that think. comes back at you the same way, uh-huh. that then you have a really interesting dialogue and you're both learning from each other. You are right. You know, and that's beautiful rather than yeah. just kind of like pointless arguing. Yeah. I mean, I've been in been in spaces and, you know, even call them friends, people whom you would say are new age Sure. Um, you know, who do astrology and we have deep conversations and it's a doorway for the gospel for me because, you know, they would get to the point and ask me, do you think I'm going to hell or, you know, based off of X, Y, Z. And it is a way for me to go a little bit deeper or to say, uh, to talk about Jesus Christ, what he did. Right you know, his love and that there's still a way there says long, even if the, the thief on the cross, he, at his last breaths uh, mm-hmm. that he took, remember me, you know, when you come into your kingdom, I said, as long as you have breath in your body, you have a chance to accept yeah. Jesus Christ. I said, this, you know, I mean, I know we can go off down the path about deliverance and, you know, what does that mean and salvation and all, but, you know, we'll stay here. I'm just saying that these are an opportunity for, a good dialogue for you to, you know, learn somebody, uh, have a good conversation and share the gospel. That what is the picture of Christmas? Why do they celebrate Christmas? Why do we celebrate Christmas? And it is honoring the birth of our Lord and Savior, honoring the gift of God coming into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, wouldn't it feel wrong not to do that? I mean, right. It, it would be a strange thing. And maybe that's because I, you know, I grew up in a culture where we always celebrate Christmas, but oh yeah, it would seem like a big gap. And the same with Easter. They're, we're not going to celebrate the resurrection, which is the single most important event in human history. And yeah. we're just going to not commemorate it. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that seems like a huge gap as well. Yeah. They, and it's, you know, um, I think it was Gary Habermas. He mentioned uh, at one point, the apex of the faith was trying to disprove the nativity or dis- disprove the virgin birth. Right. Then it switched to, you know, disproving the resurrection. And then it all crumbles. I think they go, they kind of back and forth, back and forth fish, but yeah, I mean, they still haven't disproved. You still have not found a body in the tomb, but you know, we'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true. They had, I'd like I said, <laughs> you had, they had all the opportunity in the world to produce a body because I mean, they were the majority at that time, you know, right. Uh, Jews and, and Romans and so much 
documented evidence and and pre-Pauline literature or Pauline literature yeah. within our own text. And even that him in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Right. I was just going to say, that's a, that's a creed from super early, probably yes. less than a year. Oh, yeah. The, he, yeah. I mean, even your most uh, skeptical scholars, I mean, they will readily admit that some of this, uh, you know, these creeds and these early hymns, hymnal confessions, doxologies, they are within one to two years post-resurrection or, you know, I think it was, um, uh, I don't want to say Marcus Borg, but anyways, there were certain ones that say, this dated certain creeds dated, you know, within months or weeks of the resurrection. So you right. have very, yeah, even early, like critical scholars will yeah, admit that. Yeah. You have, I mean, early witness. So. Yeah, that's know. so true. And the resurrection is the crux of everything. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a, a big dip, a big debate here in Nashville with Rabbi Tovia Singer earlier this year, July. And as I was trying to prepare for that, which is a, it's a much different conversation when your person you're discussing with, um, not just, not just Hebrew roots who also believe in Jesus in the new Testament, but you know, mm-hmm. re- the rabbi is an Orthodox Jew. So he rejects Jesus and rejects right. the new Testament. Right? right. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, where do I, how do you even, how do I find some common ground for us to talk about? And it just kept coming to me that I have to, the resurrection has to be the crux of my argument because mm-hmm. it's both theologically it makes so much sense based on the Hebrew scriptures. And also historically it is so well attested. Right. So it becomes, yeah. So that was a really cool uh, experience for me to kind of dig in and try to use that. And I think I did a decent job of presenting that concept because he certainly wasn't able to come back. Like you mentioned, they never found a body and he made it. He, he's a funny guy. I like the guy, but he, he made some funny jokes about that, but never honestly answered the question well, what's the, how, how do we explain the empty tomb then? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, he, and I understand he was, he's very, very much better than I at debating. And so he, he skillfully sidestepped and didn't engage with that question yeah. um, because I think it's a monster question. You know? Oh yeah, it is. It's, I mean, you know, even there and, uh, you know, you had, uh, the changing of the disciples. I mean, you went from hiding behind closed oh, gosh, doors yeah. to, you know, bam, we're out in the open. And, you know, if, you know, like Dr. Habermas points out, if you're going to pre- preach a bodily resurrection, don't do it in your backyard. Go someplace <laughs> right. else and do it. You know? Don't do it in the, yeah, in the right. city where he was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. but yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll say, so Constantine one had nothing to do with Christmas. Right. Okay. He did have something to do with Easter. He, he, there was a discussion at Nicaea. I don't know if we want to get into that, but he didn't have, as far as I know, anything to do with the feast of the nativity or Christmas in terms of determining dates and all that. Okay. And that predates Nicaea and Constantine. That, that I can't confirm because, so that was the, that was 325. So do we have in the first three centuries? Now I wouldn't look for um, and I've not looked through all that, all those early church mm-hmm. fathers for that particular thing. I did spend a lot of time looking at other stuff, but um, so I can't tell you when the first kernels of um, the commemoration of the birth of Christ began, whether that okay. was before or after Constantine. Gotcha. gotcha. Somebody, yeah, you could get someone smarter than me on here, man. <laughs> no, you- <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll know. Yeah. I'll have to look it up now. You got me curious. Yeah. It's uh, that's, that's pretty interesting. Okay. And then, so, 
you know, you're not going to hell if you put up a Christmas tree, as long as you're not bound down on hell, <laughs> right? Hell, great Christmas tree, oh great Christmas. All right. So, you know, if you want to, you want to. If you don't, you don't. Nobody's pressuring you. You know, it's between you and God. And as my mom yeah. say, that's between you and the God you serve. There All you right. Go. Yeah. Um, now we got a few more minutes. Can you talk to us about Santa Claus? Saint Nick, <laughs> Santa Claus, Satan Claus. Satan Claus, yeah. yeah. I've heard Satan Claus God knows how many times over these course days. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Well, did you know that the letters of Santa spell Satan when you mix them up? Yeah, yeah. I nah, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, you know, um, I've heard this too is that uh when you leave cookies, and this is an argument that I saw last year on Facebook. I'm not lying. When you leave cookies and milk out, that is like putting food before an idol in a temple, and therefore Santa is your God. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just talk at, at a, a philosophical level sort of about this approach that's common. All these all these different um, protests or arguments yeah. that we hear share something in common. They seem to underneath them have this presupposition that we could accidentally worship something mm -hmm. that we could, you know, uh, here's Mr. I'm just being innocent and doing a cute little tradition for my kid. Let's put out milk and cookie for Santa. But what are we somehow accidentally worshiping Satan? In doing right, that. Right. And I, I completely reject that entire idea that, first of all, that we can accidentally worship something uh, inadvertently, maybe even say, uh, by by doing some particular ritual or ceremony. Mm -hmm. Again, I go back to this a lot in my conversations about Christmas. What we worship is what our hearts and minds are set on. Absolutely. Right? So uh, you, there's so many things we do that aren't worship, and putting out cookies for Santa is a cute little thing we do with our kids. And there's even, if we wanted to get into it, there's even a, a sense where keeping the childhood imagination alive, mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis and, and Tolkien talked about this a lot, that the power of story, the truth inside that story can help connect us to God and not close down our minds with all the scientific stuff mm -hmm. to understand there is things out there bigger than us. But anyway, I digress. So right. number number one, there isn't any way to inadvertently worship something. You have to concentrate on it and give it worth and praise it and talk about how great it is and think about how great it is for you to be worshiping it. Right. But the second thing is too, there's this weird fear thing I I, I, I de detect in that. It's like, oh, I'm scared to do this and I'm, I can't eat this kind of food and I can't put this in my house and I can't do that. And it's like they're, they're running scared uh, because they think that there's some sort of, again, like an inadvertent way that we could, I don't know, manifest a, a pagan God or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, that the, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so if we go into that and we know, you, you and I know, Christians understand that Satan isn't the evil counterpart to God. Right. You know, it's not like equal parts, good and evil. Satan is mm -hmm. like a disgruntled employee, right? Right. Oh, God yeah. is the king of the universe. Absolutely. And so, you know, I'm not saying there isn't spiritual warfare because there is, and it's real. We know that from scripture and, and from just from real life. Absolutely. What I'm saying is if we focus on that, it's almost like the fear of those things are driving us. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than the peace and the joy and the celebration of the birth of Christ, um, you know, the peace that passes all understanding. Right. Yeah. So, so that's one of the things that I just kind of take, I guess, a visceral reaction to. It's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to run around scared again? Right. We serve the mighty King of the universe. And yeah. so, yeah. Right. So, uh, and, and so on things like Santa, um, 
like what we did with our with our kids not recommending everyone does this but what we did was we you know took the santa tradition and taught the taught, taught our kids that santa does he rides around the world in a sleigh and all this fun stuff right but why does he do it because he's so grateful for the gift that jesus gave the world that he wanted to uh mm. serve so we we kind of combined the two yeah um and of course the kids believed in santa and santa's not real and is that deception and all that and i go back to um the faith of a child the innocence of a child the imagination i don't see the i don't see things in that in those categories yeah um because again i'm all about the heart the motivation the things that we're focused on so so santa yeah i mean and actually there is actually a saint nicholas right he was a yeah was yeah a, the a bishop yeah they found, yeah. i think they just found his um his tomb if i saw an article it's a couple archaeological pages i follow Oh really? And I think something they just they just came out and found a tomb. His maybe might be his tomb. I think okay. what they found. Yeah, so something they found in relation in Turkey to uh Saint Nick, but was he and you would know because they theologian church store, was he really an angry dude? Did he punch? I forgot who he punched in the face at was it Nicaea? He punched somebody in the face. Well, he was he was alive during the council of Nicaea. I'm I right. don't I'm not. Was that is that just a myth that he? Yeah, I don't know. I've always taken that as a bit of a legend, right? Um, my understanding is that he was kind of actually known for the opposite, for his generosity and his, his kindness right. kind of thing. He was like this benevolent, yeah, giving. Yeah, yeah. That's. But I haven't I haven't studied him in great detail. Um, but yeah, that's my understanding. And and so Saint Nicholas is that where it came from? Could be. I mean, you know, you look at around the world uh -huh. uh, he's he's thought of in different terms and in different ways yeah um does he take away from jesus well you know what he can I, and that's a, again we got to admit the stuff that that's right and so this is i think a good opportunity also for a warning right so what i always say is that while christmas as a holiday didn't have pagan roots mm -hmm. it could have a pagan future if we lose sight of what it's supposed to be about Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We could let it turn into that. And so as Christians, let's not do that. Let's lift the name of Jesus high. Yeah. Um, and so with Santa, uh, yes, we can get distracted. We can, if it's goofy, you're going to the mall and it's fun and you understand what's going on. Yes. But if you start creating this sense of Santa worship and he's the greatest thing ever, and you know what I mean? There is that risk there. I, I really do think that. Um, so who, do, who, who goes so how far? I don't know. Do some Christians go too far? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to know what's in any, anyone's heart, but we do yeah. need to be cautious about that and Absolutely. about the over commercialization. And yeah, I love, I mean, if we can use Christmas time as a chance to serve our communities and go down yes. to, you know, soup kitchens and, and homeless oh, yeah. shelters and, and show, live out the things that Jesus taught us, mm -hmm. then that's the biggest. I mean, what could be more Christian than that? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Especially, uh, you know, the time we're in, I know, blah, blah, blah. I think Virginia. I think have five cities in the top 10 for the highest eviction rate. Oh no. This year at one yeah. point where the city I'm in, well, I'm outside the city, just in a Metro area of Richmond. Uh, we were right around COVID number one, number two for most eviction rates. So it's an opportunity. Like uh, our brother Rob was saying was it's an opportunity for you to serve. Yes. It's an opportunity for you to give back. You know, I like, I, I, I appreciate my mom, so much and my mom raised my brothers and i in the church and i mean she we there was not a day of the week we were not in church 
we were either at church or we went to help the pastor at his house, yeah. whatever. It, I mean, my mom would drive the pastor's wife around, helping her out. We were always, and she raised us in the church. And one thing, um, and this pastor is still doing this to this day. My mom is still a member at his church, I think around 30 years since we have, you know, moved from where we were to the Richmond area was Christmas service. No matter. It was always, we, she, no, before we opened one gift, we mm -hmm. had to go to church on Christmas morning. It was not Christmas Eve. Yeah. It was not the day before Christmas Eve. It was Christmas day. He still has church to this day on Christmas day. And even then she read us the uh, nativity story. So oh, that's awesome. it, she I mean, that's, read it yeah. from Matthew or she read it from Luke, but we never got bedtime stories out of a book. She read my brothers and I, she read us that Bible. Uh, your mom's awesome. Oh yeah. You know, she believed what, you know, Proverbs, I know you get into the argument of what it really means, but train up a child in the way that he or she should go in the end they will not depart from it. But she yeah. always put that word in us and she always put it about Christmas. It's not about you. Yeah. Amen. It's about him. That's the ultimate. And him is Jesus Christ is the ultimate gift. She, she basically gave us, you know, presented us Jesus at an early age. Now it's up to us whether we want to take Jesus for ourselves and thank God. I can say for myself that I have Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Um, you know, and I've made some foolish mistakes in my life and, you know, it he is hasn't. what it is. Thank God, you know, like the old folks say, look out for fools and babes, but he looked out. <laughs> but, yep. you know, yeah, my daughter, she's, uh, you know, I will try to read to him. And I said, I looked at her one night and I said uh, to all three of them, I said, do you want to, you know, learn about the birth of Jesus? So we started to read the nativity story. And so they're small They're you know, but get into them early, you know, and you won't have to worry about the commercialism later. Cause I think we can get into a sort of idolatry if we're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. You Especially know, in materialistic, materialistic modern things. America. Right. Yeah. It becomes easy, which is another reason we should serve when Jesus humbles himself to come to earth as a baby. Yeah. We can humble ourselves, you know, to go serve. And I think that's just, to me, that's the real Christmas spirit. This idea that Jesus humbling himself that far because of his love for us mm. and then the hope that that then brings the rest of the world the hope that's found in christmas you know that in a way it's a, it's interesting because it's kind of saying well look this is how messed up humanity was yeah god's like no okay i gotta get down there i gotta fix this you know what i mean oh yeah but the, but the fact that he was willing to do that means there's hope for every last one of us even mm. the ones that feel the least hopeful you know the most hopeless he came down for them as well and yeah. so I think I love that part of Christmas. And I think if we keep that kind of that spirit alive of, of modeling what Christ modeled for us, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, just to kind of go back to, I, I don't want to say you bridges with Halloween, but I heard one guy he was but, talking about, he kept having some, uh, you know, some preternatural activity in his house. And he, when he put the Christmas stuff up, he was like, stop. And mm. so you know, he had somebody, you know, uh, I guess you would say as an uh, expert in demonology or religious demonologist for the Roman Catholic Church, you say, yeah, they, they can't stand to be reminded of, you know, Christ coming and, you know, losing or sort of Christ getting right. all started on their judgment. He said he cannot stand it. But anyways, you know. Um, not to say you put that stuff up because you get kind of in trouble with Christian animism, if you would, you know, right. as what Martin Luther would point out there. But, uh, you know, 
fill your house up with the reminder of even if you have a problem with the Christmas tree, put up a nativity set. Yeah. And <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too. And I think we should acknowledge this, too. For those who just feel personally convicted, yeah. you don't need to put up a tree or right. you don't need to celebrate Christmas on the 25th, the birth mm-hmm. of Christ. And technically, you don't have to celebrate it at all. And I get I get messages and letters from folks, especially like older folks with grandparents. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, my son, my daughter-in-law has gotten into this Hebrew roots and now they're not coming over for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a sense there where you go, well, gosh, I oh, that's tough when you're a grandparent or a parent. And that's, that's your family tradition. Right. But at the same time, you have to think to yourself, OK, what's more important to me? Is it maintaining the relationship with my child and my grandchildren mm-hmm. or is it making Christmas happen? And so that's a I'm, I'm not saying that's a easy thing. That would be a, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. But but it doesn't need to be a, a separation of the relationship because, again, we aren't commanded to celebrate Christmas. There's it's no specific right. day. It's if they want to do, issue. yeah, right. Not a, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so let's extend some grace there for those, yeah. you know, I mean, to kind of paraphrase Paul from Romans 14, he would call those who don't want to celebrate Christmas because they're afraid of, mm-hmm. uh, of the pagan thing. Those they, he would call those the weak in faith. Yeah. Right. And, and oh, what yeah. he tells us in that passage is the strong in faith and the weak in faith, both, he says, don't judge each other. You, you mm. all belong to God. Yes. So, you know. Uh, so that would be my, my my reminder for anyone who's having some struggles. And it and it can be, I mean, you know, you ask your local therapist, Christmas and the holidays are a tough time for people. Stress goes up yeah, and all that. So uh, for us, if we can, as Christians, keep that kind of balanced understanding of we don't have to do it. It's our honor to celebrate it. We can model what Christ is doing. If we have people that we're in uh, disagreement about, like if you have Hebrew roots folks in your family or uh, anyone that's kind of really pushing back on it, Choose love, choose yeah. grace. Let them do their thing. Uh, love them despite of it. Don't bre- don't break the relationship over the over Christmas. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's my advice. Absolutely. All right, I'm gonna give you one last one to tackle. Talking right. about Xmas, <laughs> I'm act like I don't know what the X is for. I know what it's for, but just because <laughs> some people, well, you see, they they don't want you celebrating the real reason, and they block it out with an X. You know, I was like, oh God, here we go. Yeah, they're they're taking the Christ out and putting the X in. Right? <laughs> hey, yep, yep. Yeah. I've heard preachers well intent, you know, that would that talk, but I mean, I know they don't know, but you know, right. for those that don't know that if you know you might be asking, what about the X, what they're using with X and yeah, and I used to be I used to have that same problem too. I mean, I, yeah. it kind of bothered me. Like, why why aren't you writing the word Christ? Right. And I think I heard um I think it was RC Sproul that I first heard talking about it kind of explaining that well hold on the x is 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 the greek letter chi it's from yeah it's the first letter of the word christos Christ. yeah yep. yeah so Jesus it actually Christ. is it is a representation of yeah. christ that x which is really cool um, i think that's how and that's what he points out oh origin of the i think he's passed away thomas j tilly i don't he might still be like i don't know i thought it somebody say he passed away but he points that out in his book that that's what the early christians were using was the x yeah, and, and the they were initials. using kind of as a secret symbol. Yeah, this is when Christianity, the you know, was a, an illegal religion. Yeah, yeah, and so they would use the X for Christ. They would use the ichthus, the the shape of the fish. Yeah, you know, casually draw that in the dirt and see if anyone else recognizes it to see if they're also believers. Uh, man, what a different world than we live in today, right? Where you have to right. kind of try to oh, secretly yeah. live out. Yeah. So yeah, don't be afraid of Xmas. Yeah, it's it's not it's not bad. You got yeah. it. it's okay. 
So if you see it, just say, oh, okay, cool. It's it's Christ. And you learn Greek. You learn a little bit. Hopefully it push you to learn. Maybe you don't have to become an expert, you know, in Greek or Hebrew, but it might push yeah. you to learn a little bit more. Um, but also the historical origins. So and what right. you try to tackle on tonight or what um, our brother the, Rob tried to tackle on tonight. That's cool, man. Because I'll tell you why. It's like you think of the pagan things. You talked about, you know, the gods coming down from wherever, whatever you know, mythology you're talking about down mm. from Mount Olympus or whatever. Christianity isn't like that. It's it's real. It's based in history. It's based in a timeline. There's, oh, yeah. and you know, you, you think God came down and actually literally took the physical form of an actual human being at a specific geographic location on the planet Yeah, at a specific time in history. You know, that the realness of that really just, I love that part of the Christian faith that it's not oh, yeah. some pie in the sky crazy stuff you know what i mean uh supernatural amazing mind-blowing you know mm -hmm. full of mystery yes but also deeply rooted in the physical reality and the in the historical timeline of of the human race it's so cool yeah i love that and it's not blind you know pistis in the greek is not it doesn't mean blind faith you know Right. And I often point back to uh, Jesus's temptation in the wilderness. Uh, the devil tells me to jump off the cliff and Jesus quotes scripture and says, I'm not about to tempt God. You know, and I was like, well, you know, we don't want to tempt God with our faith. Well, I'm just blindly trusting. No, let's, you know, investigate. Why do you believe that? You know, this general the millennial, I think I seen a statistic the other day that millennials are starting to go back. Gen Zers are starting to go back up to a higher belief than what millennials are in Jesus as existing physically on earth. So mm -hmm. that's kind of, kind of um, astonishing, but investigate, I mean, investigate Christmas and weigh the options, weigh your options out. Yeah. What does this side say? What does that side say? What does history point to, you know, follow truth, no matter where it leads you. I believe all truth is God's truth. So yeah, you'll end up at the feet of Christ. If you do that openly. There you, you know, go. You just, yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. Well, you got anything closing? Anything else you want to say about Christmas uh, and Constantine? All I want to say is Merry Christmas, Trev. Merry Christmas to you, my brother. My brother, man. I appreciate you joining me for these two episodes, man. I got to have you back for Easter. I know we got ways away. That's always that. a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Easter, that's uh, with the, the Easter eggs and the bunny. And, you know, we're going, we, hopefully if your schedule's open and we can get some going, I would love to have you back. That'd be Definitely great. Would. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, yeah, and you got another book out that talks about Christmas, you said, right? Yeah, well, I have they... a, I, there's a, um, there's a chapter in Torahism, which okay. is, was my first book yeah, about right. Christmas and Easter. Yeah. And then Divergence, my second book, really talks about the, the Jewish Christian relations in the first three centuries. So we didn't get into Christmas a lot there. Talked a little bit about that, a little bit about Easter, but it's yeah. mostly about how the Jewish faith and the Christian, early Christian faith, how they, got to get got along and didn't get along and what led to what the scholars call the parting of the ways so yeah. it's more of a historical book okay all right and then if you haven't listened to the previous episode with uh our brother rob solberg please listen to that when it's uh dealing with christians and the law of moses or are christians supposed to keep the law of moses and if you have not and you're just listening to this one and you want to get in contact with mr solberg or find out more about him how could they do that yeah, you can go to rlsolberg.com. That's my website. You'll get you can get to my YouTube channel from there. You can get my books, you can read my articles and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, and you can watch his debates on YouTube and his discussions. Your debates on YouTube, right? I thought I saw yeah, pop up. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. 
I think I watched you a few times with another gentleman recording some stuff on there, just like a podcast for him. I forget his name. Um, but I was like, okay, cool. He's open to doing podcasts. Let me reach out yeah. to him. I just read his book because <laughs> I was glad yeah. to have him on. <laughs> no, I love it, man. I love getting on, especially when, it, when there's intelligent folks like you that are, we're getting into some good stuff and you're challenging me, man. It's awesome. Oh yeah, man. I love, I love to read. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Hey, listen, we appreciate you. If you want to get in contact with uh, my brother, Jamal and myself, you can do so at the information below. Reach out to us at TBT Jose 46 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, TBT Jose 46. We're on Facebook. Just spell TBT Jose 46 out and you'll find us. Um, if you want to donate, you don't have to. We have jobs, so we're not stressing over here. We're not begging. But if you feel led of the Lord, we're not pressuring you and we're not going to prophesy aloud over your life just because you give, but you can do so at the information <laughs> below. <laughs> Anyways, you can do so at the information below and stay tuned for more. I'm trying to put together some more Christmas, but if not, I think this one satisfies everything. But um, yeah, if you want to get some material on Christmas, Christmas, check out the origins of the liturgical year. Uh, that's a good one. Um, uh, brother Rob Solberg, he did say that uh, he has some information on his website and get his books that do mention and talk about it. I know the one uh, I just read on uh, tourism only or tourism uh, has a really good section that covers a you know good detail. Maybe if you're getting started um, and even if you already got started, you can add to it because uh, he may give you some points that you may not have considered in your apologetic for the celebration of christmas uh but check that out and you can get it on amazon anywhere else you can find your books at that's the best way to get them yeah i got gotcha. you yeah that, that's just the simplest way for everybody and they're actually i mean they're it's interesting it's kind of i'm having the same experience as you there's a there's kind of an international interest in this yeah yeah so it's it is cool. it's it's it is i mean i i talked to jamal i said man i don't know who was in norway but good day in the morning it was, <laughs> yeah that them down talk. yeah i said well you know shout out to norway um there you go but yeah it is it's definitely uh it's definitely a topic it's like i said we we talked about last time especially with a lot of you know certain celebrities coming out um you know speaking whatever and all that other good stuff you know it, it has brought to light the conversation of anti-semitism the law yeah you know all of that. that so yeah absolutely absolutely so but yeah we thank you for listening thank you for downloading and stay tuned we got more coming to y'all i'm not i'm not backing off this pedal because i got a whole lot we're going to dig into because i definitely want to deal with the trinity coming up shortly i don't know when but um maybe sometime when i hit my christmas break i'm gonna do something on the trinity um but anyways god bless you take care and we'll catch you on the next one peace